Aquino steals it from Eichel in front. Texier, he shoots and scores. And I got two words for you. Game over. I told you he'd find room in the overtime, and the room was between the circles. It was a great steal by Nick Bellino. And Alexander Texier finishes the job. And the Blue Jackets get their first win of the year. It's here at Nationwide Arena over the Buffalo Sabres. The final score, Blue Jackets four and the Sabres three. Hello, everybody. And thank you to that play-by-play call from Bob McGilligan of the El Dorado Seattle Downs Blue Jackets radio network is where that one came from. That was from the Blue Jackets 4-3 win this past Monday, you're listening to the Hockey Dudes. Uh, good to be back here talking a little bit of hockey with you guys. Um, it's been fun. It's been a fun week of the season so far. There have been some surprising things that have happened so far through one week. And granted, one week's of time is not enough to be able to general generalize what will happen the rest of the season for a lot of these teams. But nonetheless, one week I, I still think is a time frame in which a lot of surprising things can happen. And I want to talk about those things. The first thing I want to say that has surprised me is the way that the San Jose Sharks have came out and played in their first four games. 0-4 to start the year, not looking good at all. Martin Jones has given up 17 goals in four games. That's not great, but 17 goals in four games you can't attribute that all to the goalie. He needs help. He needs help on the blue line. Brett Burns, we know what he can do. We know how he can lock it down. Eric Carlson, that top, that top line of defense. It shouldn't it, it shouldn't be leaving your goalie out to dry that bad when you got those two all-star defensemen on your blue line. Uh, but they're having trouble scoring goals too. Just five goals in, in four games is is really, really bad. Um, it's just, it's not a good look for the, for the Sharks right now through four games. Granted, they didn't have Evander Kane in the first three. They had Evander last night. I wasn't sure. I don't think he got on the score sheet last night against the Preds. So yeah, 0-4 start. I mean, they haven't played a lot of games at home, so maybe they just need to get back to the Shark Tank and, uh, and reset. That is what, that is what has surprised me the most is the way that they've came out and played. I don't think there's any other team that has came out of the gates and been like, whoa, look how the way that team's playing like right away. I mean, you got the Oilers who are 3-0. and You got the Ducks who are 3-0. and Those are two teams that didn't make the postseason last year that are coming out with the winning records. Detroit also with a winning record to start the year. But outside of that, man, I mean, there's just everything is, is kind of is kind of normal the way that it should be. You got the Panthers who are struggling. They got they played they played Tampa Bay opening night lost bad to them they came back the next night in in Miami and beat Tampa Bay at home and then they lost last night to the Canes and that's the other team I want to talk about as a team that absolutely is out to a hot 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 start I mean they are just ripping off goals left and right they're getting everything done on their end they get a big win in Florida and I and I say that big win as in I mean, everyone's big in the hockey, and in, in in hockey, not in the hockey. Yeah, actually, you know what? Everyone is big in the hockey. So, 
Uh, you know, but they're getting goals from all over the place. Tara Vinen, Gazingle. I mean, they're getting they're getting goals left and right. Uh, I'm looking at I'm trying to look up the stat sheet as to who all hit the stat sheet last night. But yeah, Carolina a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, they got sweeped. Nonetheless, they're coming out and playing like a team that got to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, they're very much, anytime you see them on your schedule, you have to be sweating a little bit. They've gotten goals from Stahl, Dezingle, Aho got his first goal of the season last night, Tara Vinen, Dougie Hamilton. I mean, all these guys are, are hitting the hitting the score sheets for them. So it's it's good stuff right now for, for Carolina. And, and you still got Jacob Slavin, who's, he's, he has a goal on the year, I know that. Um, and you know, he's a great, great puck moving defenseman. And I talk about him a lot. I've, t- I've talked about him very highly. Uh, but this Carolina team, man, credit me for they, We've been doing this podcast since 2017 and you listen to the first few episodes that we did it. I said that I love the Carolina hurricanes. They are a team that has a, that had at the time, a bunch of young studs. And now three seasons down the road, here they are. Those young studs are coming out and they're looking like a team that could go on a deep playoff run if the playoffs started right now. So huge credit to them. Um, so yeah, those were you know those were the games last night. The Ducks win in Detroit. Detroit got out to a lead. Anthony Mantha, Anthony Mantha got a goal, or excuse me, no, he got a goal, and then it was taken off because they were offsides earlier in the shift. So uh, tough one there for the Red Wings. You're looking like you're starting off the year. 2-0 and and you got a one nothing lead on the Ducks after the end of one period or at the end of two periods you're thinking this is going to be fun. The biggest thing is goal scoring. I mean I, I mean Anthony Mantha has gotten out to a good start this year and excuse me, he didn't get the goal last night. It was actually uh Hironek who got the goal. Philip Hironek, the defenseman who had just an absolute clap bomb of a shot. Um so yeah, the Red Wings get a goal through two periods. They're looking like they're looking good. And then the Ducks just come out and, dude, that John Gibson, man. I mean, he is, he has to be the hottest goaltender to start the year. And, I mean, that's not something that surprised me. And John Gibson is a guy that the Ducks have put a lot of their stock into over the years. And, you know, through three games, he's only given up a goal apiece in each game. So he has a goals against average of 1.0. So, I mean, the guy's looking freaking good. So, but, you know, that's what he, look at the teams he's gone against. He's gone against the Sharks, who, have struggled to score. He went against the Red Wings, who another team that notoriously struggles to score. But, hey, man, they're locking those teams down. And, yeah, the Ducks are looking like they could be a real freaking threat in the West again. Uh, or I should say in the West, excuse me. Uh, yeah, so Preds beat the Sharks last night 5-2. Uh, Dallas wins in overtime against the Capitals. You love to see that. Dallas gets their first win of the season. It looked like it was Tyler Sagan who got the overtime goal. It was his... Second goal of the year. And, yeah, he gets a big OT winner in Washington last night. So Ben Bishop gets the job done, also only allowing three goals against that star-studded Washington Capitals team. The Jets win big. I, th- I mean, anytime you win 4-1, I think that's a big win. Uh, Penguins have gotten lucky, starting all three of their games so far at home. And the only win they got was against the Jackets in their second one. They lost – to the Sabres, beat the Jackets, and they just lost to the Jets 4-1. Uh, the Jets the Jets are looking good. Uh, I don't know what else to say about them other than they're a team that, you know, went on the long 
postseason run two years ago. Last year they get deep into the playoffs. And now this year, well, not deep, but they get into the playoffs, I guess you could say, before they lost to the St. Louis Blues, who eventually went on to win the Stanley Cup in the first round. But nonetheless, I mean, the Jets are a team that we know is locked. We know they're loaded. They got a good goaltender in Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck, who, you know, last night got the dub against Matt Murray. I don't know what to think about this Pittsburgh Penguins team. I mean, you know they got Crosby. Crosby scored the one lone goal last night for him. You know they got him, so they're always going to be threat. And as long as they got Genova, Genova, that's my nickname that I give Evgeny Malkin, uh, inside joke. Um, as long as they got him, they're a team that can lock it down. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, starting your first three games out at home and going one and two, it's never a good look for the uh, former Stanley Cup, cha- back-to-back Stanley Cup champions in 2016-2017. So, yeah, not sure what to think about the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to have to wait and hold off on them a little bit longer. They're a team that, they, every time I look at the score sheet, it always looks like they look like they're sucking. But for some reason, they just quietly accumulate points and just sit right up there in the Metropolitan standings. So credit them. Um, and then the two late games last night, which I absolutely watched and I loved both of them. This whole like Kings Flames rivalry thing is absolutely gorgeous. I am loving this like new rivalry because the funny thing is about the Kane the Kings, not the Canes, the Kings, is that they're just like kind of these like has beens. Like, I mean, winning a Stanley Cup in twenty fourteen, not necessarily has beens. But in the league that is so dominated by young stars, they're they're kind of has beens, and you know this. I think a lot of this has started. Well, I know most of this rivalry has been sparked by Drew Doughty and his relationship with Matthew Kachuk, which I don't know more of other than the fact that they have been chirping each other in like in their post game media like comments. Like I think um, Drew Doughty said like one time after a game. I mean, I think we both know who the better player is. You know, if he wants to compliment me, I, I won't compliment him until he compliments me or something. So, true Daddy just straight up saying, like, I'm the better player. Like, and, and, and like, you know, there, there's there's something to that. I mean, Drew Doughty is a two-time Stanley Cup champion and a gold medalist with Canada. Like, he's, he's very good at hockey. Like, he's just one of the better defensemen in the Western Conference that doesn't get talked about a lot because he plays on kind of a, a crapo team right now. But, uh, and, you know, Matthew Kachuk kind of pointed at that. When Matthew Kachuk was asked about him, he actually did pay a compliment to Drew Doughty and said he had a nice career. That's that's actually hilarious because he, like, complimented him but also said, like, his career is kind of over. Well, I'll tell you one thing, wasn't over, is last night his career was not over. He gets three huge points in Calgary. That game was just, that game just made me laugh so much. It was their goaltender uh Riddick for Calgary that was just cracking me up I mean he was tackling guys I think he tackled uh Kopitar one time like in the third period when they were down three to two and like I put I put everything on the hockey dudes go follow the hockey dudes by the way also rate us please on Apple Podcasts there's able to write a review just leave a review and leave a leave a leave a good you know starage about what you think we do as a podcast here um but yeah I mean you got you got that game was just I, if you're not, if you don't know what to watch on TV late at night, turn turn on the NHL Network, or if you can, try to grab like one of the late night NBC games and watch these hockey games, man. There's just so many like little storylines that go on throughout the game that are just so fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, you know, so there's like this banter that I said between the Kings 
and Flames, and most of it is coming from Drew Doughty and Matthew Kachuk. Well, you could tell that the Flames are taking Drew Doughty's like antics a little bit more personally because they're finishing checks on him. Like they're going out of their way to hit him. And one of the guys got a penalty on Drew Doughty for tripping because like Drew tried to like slide out of the way because he knew the check was coming because it's third period in the game and they've been finishing their checks on him all game. And he gets tripped and just falls like face planted ice, like looks up the ref and like, you know, gives him that on Yep, yep, you're calling that one. Drew Doughty's just that guy, man. I mean, he's like the ultimate chirper. He just skates around and just like he he like he's like buddy buddies with the ref. Like he knows like when the ref's gonna make a call. It like gives him the head nod. Like yep yep yep. You saw that one. You know what's going on. And it's pretty interesting because the Kings were dominating on shots, but then once you got to the third period and the Kings were up three to two, and then the last ten minutes of the game is when the Flames. I mean, they just started putting the pressure on Campbell, who was the the goaltender for the Kings. I mean. He just started. They, he just was under a lot of fire because the Flames were like, "All right, we're down three two in this game. Like, let's turn it up." And you could tell that the Kings had put most of their stock in the first two periods of the game because it just didn't seem like the Kings were getting any shots on goal in the last ten minutes, and most of the game was played in their end. And finally, Matthew Chuck with an empty net breaks through on on a play that looked like it could have been a high sticking. It honestly really looked like it could have been a high sticking. I was surprised it didn't go. Uh, to the booth for a review, but nonetheless, uh, it goes into overtime, and I'm sitting there, and I got Drew Doughty on my team, on my fantasy team. So I'm sitting there, and I'm just, I'm just watching him play, and I'm just begging him to get a goal. Like, come on, like, I really, I originally wanted him to get an empty netter, but based on the way that I saw that the Kings were playing, plus Drew Doughty looked like one of the most tired guys on the ice in the last ten minutes, and barely got any ice time. So he probably, you know just legit was just so tired from chirping and avoiding checks all game that he just wasn't in. It didn't seem like Doughty was in very much at all. But then finally, with freaking two minutes into overtime, the Kings are on a power play, and Drew Doughty just gets a clap bomb, like, on the left circle and just sends it home. And I'm like, I jump out of my chair at freaking midnight last night rooting for Drew Doughty. Not none of the other. I wasn't rooting for the Kings, wasn't rooting for the Flames, rooting for 8 to get a goal. 8 gets a goal, gets me three humongous points last night on the goal. And uh he skates over to straight over to the glass where the Flames fans are sitting and is just yelling, "S my D. S my D." And he's like, you know, pointing at it and like, "Oh my gosh." I mean, the thing is, is your kids are gonna look at that and they're gonna ask, they're gonna have questions like, "Dad, what are you doing?" And 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 you know, like you never want to do that as a father. But in the moment, how can you avoid not? To, how can you avoid not doing that, man? Like, the Flames have been chirping you all game. They've been hitting you all game, and you get the game-winning goal in their barn. Oh man, it was just so sweet. And he's skating off the ice, you know, holding the hand up to the ear, like, "I can't hear you. I can't hear you." And Gosh, he's he is on Calgary's most wanted list for sure. And then the other late game, so that was just a great game. And I'm gonna, I'm next time that one's on my schedule, I'm gonna circle it. And I don't think the same energy will be dealt when the Flames go to the Staples Center. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, not to say like the Staples Center is not a hockey town. I just, I don't think, I don't think, uh, L.A. Kings fans like buy into that whole like. You know that whole like rivalry thing. Like I don't. I I guess I guess I might be undermining them 
and saying that they don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. It just seems like the Flames fans were taking Drew Doughty's personality a little bit more to heart than, and like he is a big personality. Don't get me wrong, and I and I love watching Doughty. It was awesome. Every time the puck was on his stick, you had the fans booing, boo, boo. Every time it was on his stick, it was great stuff for a Tuesday night. A uh, little NHL tilt out in the East. The other game last night was uh, Boston and Vegas, and man, uh, Boston was up four to two, but the ice got tilted heavily in uh, in Boston's favor in the third period, and it looked like that game was going to be a huge blow. I mean, Vegas couldn't get a shot on goal. I don't think their first shot on goal came to like eight minutes left to go in the third. I mean, first shot and shot on goal in the third period didn't come until like eight eight or seven minutes left to go in the third. And then they finally get one to make it 4-3, and then they empty the net. And that was a good game down the stretch. I mean, Vegas did have a couple good chances, but nonetheless, Boston goes out there, gets it done. Boston's looking good, man. Nothing has slowed down for them, and I'm I'm really impressed with the way that they've been playing. All right, uh, let's get into the Jackets game. Let's go back in time. Jackets on Monday night get a huge overtime victory. It was freaking awesome. I mean, that building was rocking. I was there with Artillery Jordan, CEO uh, we were watching the game, and uh, I was having a blast, man. Tickets were cheap, you could tell, because, uh, you know, he bought a ticket like for like 11 bucks, you know, just to get into the place, and then ended up having some people like come up to him that he knew that he works with saying, like, here, you want some free tickets? And I'm like, what, am, what are you supposed to say that? No, like free lower bowl tickets. He wasn't going to say he already had a ticket because he was going to move from the upper bowl to the lower bowl with the free tickets. So, I mean, they were just giving tickets away. You just kind of felt Monday nighter. Uh, you knew the Browns and 49ers were going to be playing Monday Night Football. It just kind of felt like the arena was going to be dead. But I'll tell you what, we went in there, and that place was popping, man. I mean, it was freaking loud for a regular season game. And I'm not just saying that just to blow smoke up the Jackets' butts but or the Fifth Line's butts, but, I mean, it was popping. It was loud. The energy in the arena was great. I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was a close game. But I know, but you know what? The way that the Jackets were playing, I just felt like we were going to come on top in that one. I mean, we we outshot them like what, like forty-five to eighteen in shots. It just felt like the ice was tilted our favor the whole time, and that's a really good sign because Buffalo is not a bad team. They got good blue liners in Rasmus Dallin and Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, two Rasmuses. They got a good center in Jack Eichel. They got a great winger in Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner actually had to play off the boards earlier in the game. When he was going up, and he just like he had this, he had a, a tailor-made breakaway, and he slows down and lets one of our defensemen catch up to him and like back check him, and then Skinner gets a shot off, but it goes like ten, it goes a whole bus, like ten buses left of the net, and I literally say to Jordan, I didn't, re- I didn't realize that five three, that fifty three was Skinner at the time. Um, I mean, if you gave me like ten minutes to think about it, I could have probably thought about his number, but I didn't realize it at the time. And I just looked over at Jordan and I said, 53 sucks. He's a garbage can. And then, like, three minutes later in the same period, he pickpockets Ryan Murray and then, like, just tucks one, like, right in front of Corpy's face. And I'm like, I deserve that because that was Jeff Skinner and I said that he sucked. <laughs> but to my credit, that play that he had at the beginning sucked. Totally made up for it with this play pickpocketing Ryan Murray. I mean, it was just a great it was a great game. And then the Jackets go up 3-2. The power play was looking good. Two power play goals. Of the three goals that we scored, that's what I like to see. I really want to get the power play going this year. Those are huge. Being on the power play 
in football is like being is like being in the red zone. Like you know what I mean? Like being on the power play in hockey is like being in the red zone in football. You have to get points. You have to take advantage of those opportunities. And I think the Jackets did a great job on the power play. Cam Atkinson gets a goal. Nick Felino gets a goal. Like that's how you gotta do it. Those are the guys that gotta score. Those veteran guys, those guys that used to be or that guys that were on the team back when we were lighting the lamp on power play in 2016, 2017 year. Those are the guys that have to get going. And you saw you saw those guys get going, and it was great. I have a little bit of sound here from the Jackets. This is uh, Nick Felino about how the team kind of, uh, what he thought about the win. I just loved that our mentality tonight. It was just, we stuck with it. We just gritted it out, and that's what we needed to do in those other games, and we just see the results tonight, you know, yeah. against a pretty good team that's feeling pretty good about sure. themselves too. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a great win for our club just to, to know that that's how we're going to have to play to win right yeah. now. And until we get... You know, go until we get some guys with their, you know, 15, 20 games under their belt, and then our goalies some some consistent time out there, and then we then we go. So some good sound there from Nick Flano. Here's how Nick felt about after the Sabers had gotten the game time goal. I love I love this sound by the way. This one's this one's funny. I just. Here we go again. Let's go. Yeah. Let's just go. I mean, not here we go again, but let, here we go. Let's just find a way to get right back in the game. And uh, uh, it's a great opportunity. I think it was like tonight was just a, we said it was a test to see are we going to stick with it? Are yeah. we going to do what's necessary to win? And I thought we answered the bell extremely well in, 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 you know, in, in moments of the game that tested us. You know, we, they tie it. Uh, we come right back and score a big goal. They tie it again. We come right back and score a big goal. So it's it's showing that we have the mentality and the, the understanding and the character in this room to do it, and, and we believe that all along. Yeah, so that was good stuff. I mean, and then they, John Tortorella, we didn't see a whole lot of Bemstrom, but we did see a lot of Texier. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say we didn't see a lot of Bemstrom. We didn't, Bemstrom didn't have a huge impact on the game, maybe because it's his first couple games, but here's what Bemstrom did have to say about, or here's what, sorry, I'm just screwing this all up. Here's what Tortorello had to say about Bemstrom's play. He's a uh, he's a deceptive skater. Um, I've been looking to try to get him into offensive situations. Uh, this gives us an opportunity. I'm not sure how long Josh is out, and uh, yeah, so he played well. He, I changed things around at the end of the game where I put Nyquist there just uh, when we were protecting something. Uh, but no, he. He's another guy that understands positioning too, so it makes it a lot easier for me to put him on the ice. I love to hear that. I love to hear him talk highly about Bemstrom because he's a guy that I'm kind of, you know, he's a guy that I'm kind of worried about so far this year. Hasn't really gotten going. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm majorly worried about, but, you know, just a little bit worried because I had huge, huge aspirations for him and what he was going to do, and I think a lot of people do. Uh, but through three games, hasn't really gotten going, but you hear what Torts is saying, that he's a good skater. I like to hear that stuff. Uh, here is Tortorello on putting Texier in the overtime. I mean, Texier got the game-winning goal. It's I'm not going to say it's a rare to see a young player in there, but, you know, he could have put the veteran guys out there. He could have put, you know, Wenberg, and uh, he could have put Borky, but no, he went with um, he went with Jones, Cam Dubois, and I think the next line after that, I think it was Murray, Nick Flino, and it was Texier. So here's what uh, Torts had to say about the way that Texier played. He was probably our best forward, uh, most consistent forward tonight. Yeah, he was on my sheet. I didn't tell him but uh, until we got to there, but he was on my sheet right from the drop of the puck. He has, he's played very well. And 
when, when you make those decisions with the young kids, are, are you comfortable with them playing away from the puck? And I am with him. He's a very smart player. All right, so you love to hear that. Jackets get a huge win, and then they play Friday night against Anaheim. I'm looking forward to that one. John Gibson is going off this year. He's only allowed one goal per game, so he's having a great year so far. Uh, I, I'm looking to see how we crack the net, man. I mean, we, we got to crack him. We It's going to be a good challenge. It's going to be at home. It's going to be Friday night. The building's going to be rocking, I'm sure, as always. And, uh, yeah, it's going to just it's gonna be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that one. Ducks are a good team. They always come out of the West with – you know, they come over to these Eastern Conference trips and they always play really well. So, uh, like I said, really looking forward to that one. Really looking forward to see our power play get going again. Keep it up. I want to see Corpy be a little bit more content between the pipes. Uh, and I think that's a good matchup for Corpy versus Gibson. I think that would be a huge one to win for Corpy if he's able to lock it down and know that he outdueled John Gibson, who is a veteran in this league and has played very well in his time with the Ducks. So really looking forward to that one. Again, this is the Hockey Dudes. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts. If that's where you're listening, you just scroll all the way down to the bottom. You hit write a review. Leave your name in there. I'd love to see that. You know, keep interacting with us on Twitter. You can find us at the Hockey Dudes with a Z at the end of Dudes. And then, uh, yeah, find us on Instagram too. Uh, Love you guys. And I uh, hope you all are telling your brothers and sisters, your boyfriends and girlfriends, and your dogs about us. So yeah, tell your dog.